Basecamp uh, image. Uh, as <laughs> we were just so I'm I'm working on this uh, web framework. It's a static uh, static site generating framework in Python. Okay. Uh, code name Render Engine for right now. Uh, I think it's gonna we're gonna stick with that name. Uh, but the reason I, I I talk about that is you talked about uh, branch workflows in Git. <laughs> well, yesterday we were. Uh, I don't know if it'll let me send attachments in this. I guess not. Well, never mind then. Okay. Well, yesterday I was I was working on something and and I just brought on someone. Shout out to uh, Russell and thank you for helping me. But as we were like trying to outline the process, we were like, oh, well, what's our Git workflow gonna be? <laughs> so. <laughs> I, it's fresh on my mind that that we you wouldn't want to talk about Git workflows because like this is the first time I've done development with like another person. Right. It's not so, just a single stream on a on a I, Git repo or something. I can't just push everything to master yeah. anymore. And... Well, you can. <laughs> we well, actually that's what we do, uh, well, but a lot of people think it's crazy. And if you look at the document that I just put in there, the it'll it actually show because oh, that is go. what we're doing. We're uh, pushing everything to master. Um, but then when we do our stories, we create a story branch, move everything to master, and then uh, when we have an uh, actual release, which I know it says like version one and version one point one, I use the um, I call it the Gregorian version system, where you Gregorian. use the year and the month. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's like this stupid stigma that people have when they're like, oh, you know, it's only a version one or or technically it's version 0 0.3. It's like, no, it's just version 2019.9. Right. September. It's just an incremental number on the year. Exactly. Yeah. And it, yeah. I know and, a lot of like marketing people uh, tend to like having the numbers because it's a way to sort of signify this is a big release that's worth paying for and this one's not or whatever but i it's been interesting seeing the a lot of developers push into the sort of more pragmatic numbering that doesn't really necessarily mean anything and it saves a lot of heartache i think <laughs> so what what's interesting is as much as you're right like everyone loves a huge release like I am all about, eh, good enough. Let's just throw it out there, and you know, hey, I did this thing. It's buggy, and just deal with it being buggy. It'll get better over time. Like right. I've, I've never been one because I know myself. I will nitpick something to death. <laughs> so like the pit website has changed designs like three times this year. So <laughs> I know that I will never be satisfied. I just got to put it out there and right. like just keep rolling. But yeah, putting, and that's something you can do. There, what? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, speaking of putting things out there, you just put an app out there. So uh, yeah, or uh, close to it anyway. Very, very yeah. close. Well, yeah, it's in, it's in beta, but I, I was using it yesterday and loved it. By the way, the snoring... Um, <laughs> Oh my goodness! It was my wife was like, 
what are you doing? And it, like I had it like synced to the HomePod. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you have this loud snoring sound. And and by the way, the people that are, are that are listening, uh, welcome. This is the the Productivity and Tech Podcast. I'm Jay Miller. I am a developer, marketer, and digital media editor for Productivity and Tech, which is the business that I run that helps other developers make things and put them out into the world. And my guest today is Charlie Chapman, which, why does that name sound so familiar? <laughs> like, <laughs> it is it is a very memorable name, I've found. Uh, yes. But it sounds like Charlie Chaplin, the uh, yeah. silent, silent movie guy. There it is. I think that's there why. It but it's also an alliteration, kind of sounds like a comic book character, not necessarily hero, more like a comedic, comedic uh, side character or something. <laughs> Should I? So, so I'm going to give you a second to introduce yourself and just tell people what you're about. But while I'm doing that, should I like play some like? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just imagining me moving in uh, like super fast waddling motions the whole time. There you go. But yeah, um, yeah. Tell tell the the audience a little bit about yourself, what what you're up to, and then tell them about this new app that you just launched. Yeah. So I'm just a software engineer, uh, been doing lots of different uh, development and lots of different stacks over the years, including including a little stint in uh, Windows Phone, if you can believe Ugh. that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, you know what? It was actually, I could. there's stories to tell there. It was an interesting platform. But anyway, uh, in the last like year, about, it was this January, so I guess it's been, what, like eight months, something like that. Um, my company let me switch over to an iOS development team which I hadn't done before at all. So that was pretty awesome because it basically meant I got to leech off of all the knowledge of my coworkers and learn the iOS uh, tech stack. And as part of that, I wanted to, uh, I set a goal for myself to get an app in the store because for me, having a little side project is the best way to kind of get me to just dive into something. And uh, I really dove into it and kind of went farther than I was really necessarily expecting. And uh uh, you said you're a marketer, so you, you might understand this mentality, but there's a side of me that enjoys all the stuff around a project just as much, if not more, than the actual project itself. And so this app project has sort of been an excuse to just make all sorts of things. Like, I know lots of developers, uh, indie devs, will get anxious about having to make a press kit, but I was just, like, giddy. Like, oh, I have an excuse to make a press kit. Like, normally at my jobby job, I have to hand that off to a designer or somebody who actually knows what they're doing but here it's just me and i get to kind of play all of these roles and try out all these hats and so that's sort of been the fun there and uh and like you're talking about the app itself is called dark noise it's a white noise app which the main reason was i was just looking for something that uh was simple enough and didn't require a server backend because i already knew how to do server backends and i wanted to really dive fully into ios dev and uh, and so that was like a kind of a good excuse for doing that. And I just went as hard and deep into developing that and building out like a product as much as I could. And uh, it, it's been really fun so far. And that's coming out here in the next week. Well, I, I don't know when this episode is going to come out, but sometime soon. It might already be out. <laughs> so we're recording this on what, the 21st? It 22nd? is the 22nd. 
I, I don't remember. I don't know dates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So this will actually, this will probably be airing two weeks from cool. uh, Tuesday. So not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. But, but yeah, um, I picked up the app and, and like I said, we were talking about it uh, a little bit before we, you know, when we jumped on, it was, it was very, very easy to use, but still elegant. And that's something that, uh, there's there's been a lot of apps that I feel like they they miss the mark on either ease of use or elegance. It's it's usually one or the other, not both. Um, so I, I applaud you for that. Uh, but you. you talk you talked about wanting to avoid the back end. I mean, you could have just done you could have just did like a swift back end. No, right. Uh, <laughs> what I really like doing though, and the thing that I was excited about was the the front end. UX stuff that it, I really like front end development and uh, maybe it's I'm not necessarily naturally as good at it or uh, for whatever reason I've always ended up kind of getting sucked back into the back end in my real work um, and so here I get to decide what my real work is for a side project so I just gave myself something that was purely front end and I could obsess over little details that are definitely not going to have a high return on investment but it's fun for me to do and especially with iOS development versus other platforms I've worked on, there's sort of a, uh, an appreciation for like the craft of app making, if that makes sense. Like, you know, like uh, studios like Panic or uh, a lot of the indie devs that are kind of really well known, they'll spend a whole lot of time just trying to like craft and design something that's like delightful in a way that is really fun. And, and you don't really get to do that when you're doing work for a company that has an actual product goal or is trying to make money or whatever. So here I could just sort of focus purely on making something that's fun to use as well as hopefully <laughs> works well and get, has the features that people would want. Totally. And have you seen the the new, or I guess whatever Panic is trying to do? <laughs> uh, the play date? Uh, not, the, not the play date, which I mean, the play date is a whole thing in itself, but uh, I guess it, it used to be called Coda. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Code Editor. Uh, and Nova. Nova. Thank you. I couldn't. I was trying to. I was trying to like run to their website really quick and see, <laughs> but I couldn't. They don't have anything on the actual website for it yet. But I yeah, did I get think the email like, to fill out the survey. I think there's a couple screenshots or something, and then yeah, they're doing like a beta period or something like that. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I I totally agree, and that's the thing that um, that Pitt has allowed me to do like you talked about you know having the opportunity to move into this realm at your at your jobby job um and then because of that being able to play around with a side project and have that uh opportunity to dive into learning swift and learning ios development because of that and and learning it at a faster rate than what you would if you just you know, focused on it at work. And and while there's nothing wrong with, you know, leaving work at work and home and, you know, that whole home life, I call it home life separation, not balance, because there's no way that stuff's ever getting balanced. <laughs> you are. Um, but, you know, it's, I, I kind of did it the other way around. And I think I've talked, I haven't, I've talked about it before on like after shows and stuff. But like, for me, it was, I was in the IT space, I wanted to become a developer. So, my my day job at the time didn't really allow for much exploration. It was a lot of like yeah. reactive work. 
So for me, it was the only way I was able to learn any of the Python development that I have is from doing stuff on the side and doing things to support my hobbies like podcasting. And uh, like my first tool that I ever made was like a show notes aggregator that, you know, when you have like five people doing like a big webinar or whatever, and people are posting links and stuff, I wanted a way that you could just like copy and paste the chat and then have it just do some basic regex, you know, stuff to find (laughs) all the links. And then over time, that just kept developing into more and more to where it would like go to the web page, grab the, you know, the website title and then spit it out in like this markdown format, like a whole thing. And then um, you could sign up for it and create an account and post like what your show was called. And then it would you could create like show note templates that would have your. (laughs) like all your links at the bottom and then you could put your description in and and then you could export it as a markdown file and I was just like oh you know I, it was it was literally just like let me try to do more and more with it yeah you it. just keep finding new things that you can tack on and then pretty soon it becomes this big like application <laughs> is that something that you've thought about with uh, dark noise of like hey maybe I should uh have an alarm or or like assign Siri shortcuts to it so that when an alarm goes off it'll just start uh, start playing <laughs> well so uh it does have siri shortcut support so Ooh. if you have uh siri shortcuts you can like activate any noise uh from that like you there's an action for every single noise in the app and it'll play it in the background and uh you can even do that on the home pod let's see play snoring in dark noise let's see how it works now i'm interested Oh no! It just started playing music. So you have to, you have to like, you know how the Siri oh, shortcuts right. you, you have, have to, to record it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's in the settings of the app, or you know yeah. through the iOS settings. It's still kind of a a kludgy uh, way of like doing that compared to yeah. Not to bring up a Windows Phone, but that was actually one. <laughs> there was one API that uh, they had that was like farther ahead than Google and. Uh, Apple at that point, and that was their their uh, Cortana was what their assistant was called, and there was actually yeah. pretty decent uh, integrations with that. It's, it's actually the one conference talk I've ever done was uh, about Cortana integration, and uh, I think both people in the crowd liked it. <laughs> did you go to like Windows Mobile Con? Uh, <laughs> well, I did go to Microsoft <laughs> Build, and again, there's there's interesting stories to be told from that experience. <laughs> Hey, you know, I, and, and we're given we're given Windows Mobile a hard time. You know, I in all reality, I say use whatever tools you want to use. I the the question that people always ask, like, oh, I want to learn how to become I want to learn how to program. What language should I start with? I'm like, I don't know. Find something you want to do. Find a way to do it. Yeah. And whatever language it's in, just start with that one. Because uh, because you're you can that stuff translates. You know, oh, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't if you really can catch the bug much. of like what you were describing uh like i backed into programming because we all had ti84 calculators in school yeah and we were using like somebody gave us a bunch of stuff we could copy and paste into the ti basic and make matrix letters go down and then we kept finding out ways to tweak it and pretty soon we were writing these big uh like applications which we didn't call them that where we could put like all of our chemistry formulas through there. And I was showing my dad one day who was a, a Java developer. And he's like, Charlie, you're, you're coding. I was like, 
no, no, no. This is just like this calculator thing. He's like, <laughs> this is basic. You're writing loops and doing all that stuff. So it, it really is like, it's really addicting, I think. And I think everybody is probably pretty capable of doing that. And that's what's cool about the Siri shortcut stuff, I think, is it's sort of a, a very gooey, user-friendly way to get somebody kind of hooked on this concept. No, Dad, I'm not coding. I'm just using TI Basic to create a drug <laughs> yeah. <dealing> simulator. Exactly. <laughs> you, you had that. You had that game too, then. <laughs> yeah. I know there was like there was Super Mario Brothers. There was Tetris. There was. There was like a Galaga or like a Space Invaders style thing. Snake. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like the underground high school like portable console the ti-83 <laughs> and we were all passing around the same game made by somebody on some user net somewhere but every school had a person who claimed they were the ones who made it <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me i was yeah nobody was would like, believe that was me i don't think <laughs> it's like hey nerd <laughs> i feel bad because I, I wasn't i was a music kid but i wasn't like all that talented i would say you know, in retrospect, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but at the same time, like I, I realized really early that I was I was a geek. I was you know an AP student and all that stuff, and and I was in denial <laughs> the entire time. But for the most part, it was like like yeah, you know, I like I like physics and stuff. But if you say anything, I'll punch you. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> I didn't have that problem. I don't think anybody found me threatening in the slightest. So <laughs> probably me neither. I think it was all all show. <laughs> so speaking of shows, um, you have your own show. You have a you have a podcast that you do, um, and I'm I a town. Yes, yeah. I was like a town. Yes, I can remember it. <laughs> yeah, and that's it, it. That's another one of those. Uh, I just like doing side projects, and I like the idea of learning what it would take to make a thing that uh, I enjoy listening to like my I don't know if I mentioned it already but like one of my biggest hobbies growing up was uh, video editing and motion graphics and stuff like that and that's something I've really kept up with over the years even though I didn't go that way as far as career um, but anything that's sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for like not perpendicular what's the word Fine. I'm looking for anything that's like <laughs> in that in that realm uh I tend to like building those skills. So like, you know, I'm, I'm not very good at drawing and I never was like growing up, but if you're wanting to do motion graphics work, you need to like illustrate something. And pretty soon I was going from like just doing text and things that were generated for me to uh, trying to learn how to draw an illustrator and Photoshop and stuff like that. And I think podcasting was another thing like that where it's like, I like video editing, but I'm terrible at audio and I don't know how to do any of this. So let's do a project where I can sort of force myself to go way too deep on audio codecs and voice processing and all of that stuff. And uh, and really all, all of those weird skills have sort of funneled into this app in an interesting way, uh, probably because I'm finding excuses to use those skills. But uh, for a white noise app, there's a lot more uh, like animations in there than there probably needs to be, but but it was you know it's it's like a skill set that I've built up over time and it's fun to do, and uh, and I think it makes the app a little bit more fun to to use, and then obviously the podcasting uh, stuff plays right into that too with all the 
like building all of these loops are a thing that I can do pretty quickly in Adobe Audition because I, it's a program I'm super familiar with over a couple of years of doing a podcast. And the, I don't think I said what it was, but the podcast is just, uh, it's like, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Hello Internet, but it's just a two friends talking, just going into random topics uh, kind of thing, you know, like <laughs> every other podcast probably is these days, but uh but it's been really fun and we've built a small audience that interacts with us and uh it's at the point where we're just doing it because we enjoy it but also it's kind of keeping up this skill set over time so i don't know i it's been fun to do i'd recommend anybody do it if they're thinking about it even though people might make fun of you because the world doesn't need another podcast Oh, it, it definitely does need another podcast. Yeah, just one um, more. <laughs> yeah, just one more. Uh, yeah, so I, I just saw this um, app on Product Hunt, uh, and I put it in the in the chat called Spext, and they were talking, like, when I looked at it, the first thing that it said was, like, delete ums and filler words using auto-generated transcripts, and I was like, no, <laughs> like, stop making people sound like robots. Ah, <laughs> It's it's so weird when you see these. Okay, uh, here here's my gripe. All right, here <laughs> if, we go. If if you are a podcaster and you hire someone to edit your content, unless the person has a phys like a a like documented speech impediment, and you are editing their audio so that it can be clearer and more understood. Leave the ums alone. Leave <laughs> the likes alone. It makes your audio sound weird. It may, and, it, and that's the thing that I always get feedback from with like people that I'm working on. They're like, can you, can you like remove some of the ums and stuff in there? And it's like, again, it'll be 30 more dollars because <laughs> the amount of work that it takes to strip out what is about 15 seconds, literally 15 seconds worth of audio uh, in about 500 ums is not worth it. People use um when they talk, so it's normal. And it sounds like they're actually thinking about what they're saying, which people add weight to the response because of that. Like if, if I say something and I take out all the pause or if I take out ums and likes and things like that, it makes it sound like I'm not as interested in the topic than the person that is that is saying, hmm, let me really think about what my answer is going to be. And then let me verify with, you know, with my brain as I'm talking that I'm saying the thing that I'm trying to get across. And over time, podcasters will get better at not saying um every five seconds. And it, it just let it happen. You don't <laughs> like save save me the time. It's not even saving you the time. It's save me the time. OK, ran over. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, you probably wouldn't like our uh, our podcast then because I am a uh, way over editor when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, again, I will if if some if that's what they want and they're paying me to do it, I am going to do the job and I'm going to do it to their standards. It's as, no small you know. feat, though. I, I'll definitely grant you that. <laughs> Absolutely, and but it, it, it's always funny because when I when I am onboarding clients, people will say, 
oh, let me let me listen to some of your podcast episodes to see how your editing is. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, I don't edit my podcast. I just I record it. We put it out. The most that I do with my podcast is I optimize it so that it sounds good. And then I add an intro and an outro track to it. But as far as editing goes, I just roll with it. I got tired of I, I don't get paid to edit my audio. So the, <laughs> so the amount of audio that I can also be working on on someone else's you know, podcast is way more valuable than editing my own. And on top of that, and this is, this is going to be something that I do want to ask you about. Uh, it's, it's the idea of building things specifically for your tribe and not necessarily for the rest of the world and what they want. For me, Yes, my uh, my podcast is, I don't want to say it's niche because people don't even know what it is. It's like everyone thinks it's a productivity podcast because the word productivity is in yeah. the name, which is fine because it started out that way. But it, it has turned into a a dialogue or a discourse between myself and, and my guest to figure out what it is that they're doing and and kind of like the wind like, or not the wind, <laughs> the wind beneath my, my wind, <laughs> the, the wind in, inside of that, like, what is it that Charlie does so well that makes his podcast very easy to listen to and, and appealing? And um, I talked about wanting to hit record early to give a shout out. Let me do that. Shout out to Ronnie Lutz, uh, <laughs> friend of the show, longtime listener, longtime personal friend of mine. Uh, it was so interesting that you sent out a tweet saying, hey, I'm doing this like marketing push on dark noise, getting ready for the launch. And I was like, yo, what's up? <laughs> and it was like Ronnie texted me like, yo, you know, Charlie, <laughs> like I've been listening to his podcast for a minute. He's good. He's good people. You should you should have him on the show. And I was like, I'm on it, man. <laughs> I, I owe him so much. Uh, I don't know if he realizes it or not, but yeah, he, especially early on, he was like my biggest cheerleader and, uh, put me in contact with a bunch of people who, who jumped on the beta early and gave me a lot of really good feedback. Uh, not to mention just being a sounding board through this whole process. Um, it's funny you mentioned him. I almost mentioned him earlier because, uh, you were talking about the snoring sound. That that was a uh, specific request by Ronnie, from what I understand from his uh, from his significant other, because they wanted a sound uh, for whenever he was out, <laughs> because that I guess sense. they were used to him snoring. I'm not entirely sure what the uh, what the reason was there, but <laughs> no, that that makes sense. That's a comforting thing. Like, yeah, yeah. When you don't those little things that people because I mean, I, I live in San Diego now. I, I grew up in the South. I grew up in like Tennessee slash Georgia. And we have crickets. Like, uh, yeah. that is just background noise. You don't think about it. I don't know what it is I hear. We don't have crickets out here. It's like, really? they don't exist. It's, it's quiet. Like, we have dogs that bark until 4 a.m. in the morning. Like, that's what we have. But that's interesting. I, yeah, like, I never thought about that. It took me so long to just deal with not having that background noise. And it, it sounded weird. And when I was in the military, even when I was in Japan, like, you had people waking up early in the morning. Like you kind of woke up to the, the tryhards that were like waking up at four 30 and you didn't have to wake up to like six. <laughs> and, <laughs> damn you military. <laughs> like I wake up at six now because of that. <laughs> but, uh, 
but yeah, like it's those little things like drunk people in a smoke pit, like yelling and acting stupid. Like eventually it becomes a part of your, your routine and, and part of your comfort. So, uh, hats off for not only putting in something in your app that helps to comfort people, especially when they're in a, a kind of a different sleeping situation, but also uh, being able to listen to your, you know, your soundboards, you know, your feedback loops and, and, and take what they're saying and be like, oh, I mean, I don't know. Those sounds weird, but all right, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the whole like iOS developer Twitter uh, community has just been insane. I, I can't believe how like helpful they've been. And cause I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I, I'm new to all of this and everything I'm doing is guessing. And it's turned into a giant, giant sounding board where I can just tweet out like an idea or thoughts and people in a super, super respectful way have just jumped on and told me like, no, that's not a good idea. Or that is a good idea. Or here's what I think about that. And I don't know. I, I, I know people complain about Twitter being sort of a cesspool and uh, dangerous for your brain and, you know, really uh, negative, but that has not been the experience I've had so far. Maybe it's because I'm a pretty small player and I just haven't run into those people yet. But I, I definitely, I was telling somebody earlier today, I feel like this app was built by a team. Like, even though it's, it was just me and all the codes me, but like, my coworkers through the last, you know, eight months, uh, basically teaching me everything and me using them as a sounding board. And then the whole Twitter iOS dev community, um, and just general iOS community, lots of people aren't devs and they just willingly jump into those betas and try things out and give me lots of feedback. And their DNA is just as strung through this thing as mine. I feel like, you know, that, that makes me want to give more shout outs. Shout out to, to Russell and Jason in the in the pit slack. Um, people don't realize, like at my day job, the, the running joke is that I never do anything. And, and <laughs> I wouldn't really call it, you know, a joke. I don't I don't necessarily do a lot. But it, the, the, the thing that I do is I let my computer work for me. Like I left uh, we had this, I had this task earlier. We're doing this vendor deal thing. And um, I had built a script because this partnership thing involves me downloading like 30,000 images and optimizing them and doing all this stuff and getting them into our uh, CMS and our e-commerce platform. But I guess someone else in the IT department, thanks IT, my former employer, <laughs> um, uh, something happened. So they're not able to move the all of the images over from test. So they're like, hey, can you just do that again? And people don't realize like that was me spending hours learning from like Jason and learning from Russell and learning from shout out to Kenneth Love if you're listening and shout out to Jeremy, not Jeremy Sexton. I keep wanting to call him Jeremy Sexton. I know it's not Jeremy. Um, shout out to all the people that have Michael Kennedy, um, you know, all of the people who just answer questions when I ask them at random and they're just like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, how do you do this thing? And they're like, Oh yeah, no, here's a good resource for that. And you know, a lot of these are, these are a lot of people that I met on Twitter and, and developer Twitter, you know, I've, I've been told is like you said, it's, it is a cesspool. And I, I personally, I don't think I invest that much into Twitter to, 
really feel that. You know, for me, again, it's all about like what's happening in my tribe and what's happening in my small circle of, as I drop stuff, you know, great. <laughs> in my small circle of, of friends and, and community members inside of Pitt and the people that I've made connections with. And I mean, a, a few of those people were from Twitter, just stuff that they've said or stuff that I've said that they've responded to. Um, and I'm glad that you're a part of that now. You know, that that's awesome that I was able to find, you know, you through the millions and millions of other people on Twitter and that we both knew how crazy Ronnie is and <laughs> like that whole connection piece. I feel like it, it just figures itself out, but I'm not, I'm not going to say that Twitter is good. I'm not going to say that Twitter is bad. I'm going to say Twitter is two things. It is for some people, a thing that they don't need in their life because of the toxic uh, culture that, does exist online in general right but it's also a reflection of what you're trying to get out of twitter and i say that in the people that have hundreds of thousands of followers on twitter are going to have trolls in their account it's going to happen it, it's a numbers game like if right you know there's going to be some bad apples in that group and because you have a larger audience on twitter you are going to be put in front of more people. And because one troll follows you, people who follow that troll are also going to find you and start you know, it following you as well. It can snowball quickly. Exactly. But on the other side of that, there are people in this world who have made successful careers without the use of social media. And there are people who have, like one of my favorite artists, Donald Glover, he's not on Twitter. He's barely, he's, I think he just now got on Instagram. I don't know because I'm not on Instagram or Facebook or anything owned by Facebook. Well, to be but, fair, he was like a SNL writer, right? Uh, 30 Rock writer. Or 30 Rock writer, yeah. But, but even before that, he was doing local skits in like at his college. And he had like this little like comedic troupe. And this was like at the birth of like before YouTube and everything else. And they were putting stuff out there and doing things. And the only reason he got that job at 30 Rock, I know I sound like a full on Childish Gambino stand right now. <laughs> um, the only reason he got that job at 30 Rock was because people that he had connected with said, hey, there is an opening for this position. And he didn't even think he was going to get the job. He just kind of like took a shot at it. And it paid off he's also and just from, ridiculously talented oh at gosh. everything but, <laughs> but that's the thing there's so many of us out there that are stupid talented like i would have i i'm i'm actually working on an app myself that oh, nice. is for editors and podcasters and i'm calling it producers notes right now and i haven't touched it in a while and the whole idea was basically while you're recording you have this thing open and yes. you do your three, two, going. one, go. And if someone coughs, if there's, you know, someone sneezes or does something crazy, you have a gigantic button that you can just press yes. and it timestamps <laughs> it and saves it as a marker in like a file. And then using the power of Python and a little bit of backend work, 
you can actually embed that into a FLAC file, into a WAV file, into an AIF file, yeah. and have markers for your producers so that they can know what's going on. And you can leave notes for them. You can say, like, you can go back into it and make, you know, more advanced notes and things like that. And my my goal eventually is to have this as like kind of a logic plugin to where it's just connecting to the server and as you're pushing the buttons, like it'll know when you started recording, it'll know when like when you push a button, it'll sync it with your computer right. and create that marker for you. And but the whole thing is just in that, like, coming up with that idea, I was like, oh, this is a brilliant idea. How come no one's ever done it? It must be stupid hard. <laughs> then, like, I see a tweet, like, two days ago where someone's like, hey, you know that app that you were, like, I think it was uh, Matt Cassinelli talking to uh, Steve Trouton Smith. Uh, yes, I saw that same one, and I told and him, it, hey, let me know if you find one. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. He was like, yeah, you know, I, I would love to. He's like, yeah, I'm working on something like that, but this thing broke this thing over here. And, and in my mind, I'm just like, great. <laughs> like, there's no reason for me to continue this now. And I know that that's, that's like BS. And if I'm honest, there are so many other things that I need to be working on right now, like Pit as a business and <laughs> my marketing brand and learning more development stuff. Uh, that's really the reason why I haven't done anything on it. Not that people who I admire who have been putting out apps, you know, since like the dawn of the app store, you know, are working on similar projects. But that's the thing is you have, it's great that you have access to those kinds of people. But at the same time, it can be so paralyzing and so demoralizing to hear, like, I had this great idea and someone who is definitely more talented than I am also has a similar idea. Yeah. And there's no way I can compete with that. Yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot of uh, like YouTubers will like they eventually stop watching youtube like specifically i'm talking educational youtubers because mm -hmm. if they're working on a script or a project or something and they're you know they've been researching it for weeks and they've been working on this project and then they see a peer come out with something that covers the same topic they're like well i could never compete with that and they, they like scrap it and so they'll stop mm -hmm. watching a lot of other youtube for that exact reason because they they realize it like kills a project in the cradle on them because once you see that somebody else has done it, it kills their motivation. And whenever they don't watch that and then they come out with it and somebody says, oh, hey, somebody else just covered this. They're always happy that they still did it because they put their stamp on it. It's it's still unique. Um, you know, there's dozens of really great podcasting apps out in the store. But the ones like that have people that have a, an opinion on how you can do it and really pursue that, they elevate above everything else because they're still putting their stamp on it and there's an interesting take and there's lots and lots of people in the world and you're going to, I guess you're using the word tribe. I think that's a good word. Like you can find a niche of people that think in a similar way to you and they're not fully satisfied by the products that are already out there. And so you can, you can make something targeted at yourself and by extension, you're, you're sort of targeting this group of people that isn't necessarily filled yet. Absolutely. So I'm going to cut the like main show here only because we've been talking for like 40 yeah, minutes yeah. now and it's fun, but we still got an after show to get to and that's where the real fun is. So before we do that, 
remind everybody again where they can learn more about Dark Noise and also about your podcast because we, we we talked a little bit about like the idea of podcasting and doing things, but we didn't really talk about your podcast. So I want to give people an opportunity to subscribe to that as well. Uh, so you can find Dark Noise is at darknoise.app. Um, or you can search Dark Noise in the App Store and when this episode's out, that hopefully will still be in the store uh, unless something went terribly wrong. Um, and then the podcast, you can search uh, A-Town FM in uh, all one word. If you search for that, you'll find both. Uh, there's the A-Town FM is the podcast uh, that's the normal show where we just talk about random stuff, usually surrounding technology or marketing because that's what me and my friend are kind of in that space or TV and movies. Um, and then we spun off a show from that called A Town at the Movies, uh, where we go through whenever we see a movie, we'll we'll kind of do a deep dive onto our sort of review or thoughts on it or whatever. Um, although that one we haven't been keeping up with as well since I started this app project. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it with that. Oh, and you can find I me on Twitter it. at uh, ChuckyC17. Perfect. So here, here, here's the deal, people of pit the pit podcast people, people listening the people of pit the pit crew Ooh, the pit that crew. is That's that right. has been the new name like i love it <laughs> just the pit crew like our slack channel has pit crew chiefs <laughs> they're like i'm a pit crew chief i was like dang right you are i love it <laughs> but yes pit crew check this out this is one of the last interviews that you're going to be hearing for a while. Um, the show is actually going to be not taking a hiatus. Like, I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to be doing shows. I'm going to be answering questions, your questions. So if you have them, unfortunately, you have to be in the Slack group to <laughs> ask them because that's the only place I'm checking right now. Um, I mentioned this in the newsletter a few weeks back at the time that your people listening are hearing this. Uh, but... If you don't subscribe to the newsletter, productivityintech.com, subscribe. Anyway, um, so many plugs, so many plugs, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm like a bad sink, too many plugs, <laughs> but, <laughs> and too many bad jokes, I guess, I don't know. I was trying to figure out where anyway. to go with that, but I couldn't. <laughs> There's a joke in there. There is, there is. It stopped somewhere. It's plugged up. It's, I was it. going to say, yeah, it's clogged. <laughs> We've gone too far. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, someone needs to drain this. <laughs> wow. There it is. Okay. So, people of Pit, Pit Crew, um, again, this is one of the last interviews you're going to be hearing for probably a month or so, uh, maybe a little bit longer. I'm going to be doing some solo shows where I answer questions coming from members of the Productivity in Tech Slack workspace. Uh, it is probably too late if you want to join this workspace by the time that you are hearing this. However, if you want to ask a question and have it possibly answered, I can't promise I'll get to all of the answers or all the questions, but if you want to have your questions answered, you need to send either me at KJY Miller or Productivity in Tech, which is at prod underscore in underscore tech. And just don't don't worry about hashtags or anything like that. If you add us and you ask a question, I'll reach out to you and say, hey, like, here's my thoughts, but do you mind if I use this for the show? So there's that. But we're also, we're going to be thinking really hard about what is next for productivity in tech as, as a brand. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. I admire a ton of what Panic 
does as a company. They're not afraid to branch out and try things. Um, for those that don't know, I've been working as a marketer and now I'm working as a developer and I'm also doing a lot of podcast editing and video editing for courses for people and newsletter stuff. Like I'm doing so much and I just want to focus on the community. I want to focus on the people that are in the community, the people that support Pitt and everything that Pitt's about. So we're taking the rest of the year to really reach out to the members inside of the community, figure out what it is that we can do to provide the experience that my ride or dies have been wanting and asking for since 2014 when this whole thing kicked off. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be pinging people for those listening. If you're, if you're one of those people, you'll, you'll hear from me. If you're not one of those people, sign up for my newsletter at productivityintech.com and we'll be reaching out to people from that as well. And you'll be the first to hear about what's going on in productivity and tech. But one last thing, I gotta thank the people that helped make this show possible. Shout out to all my Pit Premium members, the people that believe in the show so much they're willing to pay for it. That's what I'm talking about. Um, if you wanna become one of those people, head over to productivityintech.com slash memberships. Uh, you not only get access to the special Slack group that we have there, but you also get a bonus email from me every week where I talk more about the business of Pit and the things and what it's like to bootstrap a business from scratch. And you're also gonna get access to these after show conversations that, uh, that Charlie and I are about to have. Charlie, oh, oh no. it's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> My ADHD is like kicking in. I'm about to enjoy this. Um, but yeah, you get access to that. Uh, some great questions being asked there. But all of that, productivityintech.com is where you can find that information, information about my editing services, my marketing services, my coaching services. Um, again, if you want them, now is the time to get on them because they may not be here like come January. So uh, head over to Productivity and Tech for all that. Thanks to the pay, uh, premium members. Thank you to Nadir Omawali for the use of his song, A Hustler, in spite of myself for the intro and outro music. And thank you to Icon Pro Audio for uh, sponsoring the show with some awesome equipment. If you want to find out more about those, check the show notes. And Charlie, you got anything to say before we jump into the uh, after show? No, I don't think so. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. And well, later. Anytime. <laughs> super, super excited. And uh, again, I'm stoked for this after show. But until next time, I'm Jay Miller for Charlie, for myself, for Productivity and Tech. I hope we've been productive. I know we've been productive and it's about to get even more productive and a little silly in the after show.